Welcome to the Loop Podcast. I'm here on the Loop Podcast today with Basketball Hall of Famer, co-founder of the Orlando Magic, uh, former GM for the 76ers, uh, Hawks, uh, author, speaker, cancer survivor, and father of 14, uh, Mr. Pat Williams is joining me today. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you, Landon. It's so nice to be on with you. Thank you. I want to start off by, by saying that I cannot thank you enough uh, for your kindness and, and taking your time to join me on my podcast today. I'm sure there's a countless number of other things that, that you would rather be doing than sitting here talking to me. Uh, but you are an inspiration to many people. Uh, myself included, and whenever I reached out to you, I told myself it was a long shot, but but here you are with me today. Well, thank you, Landon. I'm glad to uh, have a chance to visit with you. Anybody that's in Alabama, one of my favorite states, uh, <laughs> deserves time, so uh, I'm looking forward to our chat. Uh, well, let's start at square one. Um, you've accomplished so much in your career, winning a title with the 76ers, being a partner in the creation of, of the Orlando Magic, uh, but let's start with your baseball career uh, before basketball. Tell us about the beginning of your career in baseball and the transition uh, beginning your career in the basketball world. Well, my roots are in baseball. I uh, played all the sports in high school, but I went to Wake Forest uh, to play baseball there. I was a catcher. And then the first seven years of my uh, pro career were in, in the baseball world. I was in the Phillies organization for those seven years. Uh, spent two years as a minor league catcher, and then five years uh, running minor league ball clubs for the Phillies, uh, including my four years in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So all of my uh, goals and my direction in, in sports was, was in baseball. And then uh, out of a clear blue sky, I heard from the 76ers in July of 1968, and they invited me to uh, uh, join their organization. And that started a 51-year career in the NBA. Uh, I retired from the Magic about a year and a half ago uh, in order to get back into baseball. And we're trying to uh, bring a Major League Baseball team to Orlando. That's our next adventure here. And so I'm back in the baseball business. Uh, but that's, uh, that's a short look at uh, how it all happened, Landon. Uh, well, what made you uh, really, I know you said the 76ers contacted you, but what made you want to take that jump from baseball over to basketball? Uh, was it more of the opportunities rather than a preferred sport? Oh, I think so. I had been um, uh, running this minor league ball club for the Phillies in Spartanburg. And uh, like every young executive, I wanted to get to a major league uh, situation, a major league team. That opportunity up to that point had not happened in baseball. Uh, but then uh, this offer came for the 76ers to uh, join them in the front office and become the business manager. And I thought that uh, this was uh, the first real opportunity that I'd had to get to a big league city, a big league franchise, and I took it. Uh, a year later, I had the opportunity to move to Chicago as the general manager of the Bulls. Uh, and after four years there, uh, on to Atlanta for a year with the Hawks, 73-74 season. And then in seven, the summer of 74, I returned to Philadelphia. And that started a 12-year run as the GM of the 76ers. And then in J June of 1986, we moved to Orlando uh, to take a shot 
and see if we could bring an NBA team here to Central Florida, an expansion team. And we were successful uh, in April of 87. The NBA granted us that franchise, and uh, we've been here ever since. Uh, well, you mentioned that you started with the 76ers uh, before coming, uh, becoming the Chicago Bulls GM uh, and doing great things in Chicago. What made you want to leave Chicago uh, for a lateral move to be the GM with the Hawks? Well, what had happened was the team, the owners that had brought me in there had sold the team to another group uh, of new owners and new owners want to do things in a different way. Inevitably, they, they, that's what happens in sports. When new ownership comes in, uh, they have new ideas and uh, a new approach. And I just sensed that it was time to move on. And that's what led me to Atlanta. And uh, even though I was there for one year, uh, the opportunity to get back home, back to Philadelphia was just too great. And uh, that's why I left Atlanta after one year and back to Philly where I grew up and uh, where my roots were. I'd already spent that one year with the 76ers. So uh, to return as the GM was, a, was a, a real opportunity for me and I took it. And that led to those 12 years. Uh, we had wonderful success, got to the finals four different times and then finally won the NBA title in 1983. So uh, that period in Philadelphia was a huge part of my life. Uh, well, during that one year in Atlanta, uh, you were able to bring in Pistol Pete, uh, which who ended up having a really successful uh, career. Uh, whenever you returned to the 76ers in 74, uh, you ended up staying in Philadelphia 12 years, like you said, uh, and you built a team there in Philadelphia that ended up winning the championship over the Lakers uh, in the 82-83 season. How were you able to turn the 76ers uh, from being one of the worst teams in the league to winning a, a championship? Well, we did two things. We drafted uh, well and brought a nucleus of young players aboard through the draft. And then we made some trades and purchases. The big one was acquiring Julius Irving in the fall of 1976. Uh, we got him from the Nets in a, in a straight cash deal, and that was huge. Uh, Julius was one of the great players of all time, and we were able to bring him to Philadelphia. Uh, through the draft, we acquired players like um, Maurice Cheeks, uh, Andrew Tony. We made a trade for Bobby Jones, who came over from Denver. Uh, we brought uh, uh, Moses Malone in a, in a cash signing and then in a trade with Houston. So little by little, we put those pieces together, uh, adding one piece here and a piece there. And eventually, uh, we put that team together that was good enough to beat the Lakers in the 1983 finals. Uh, well, before we dig into you uh, and the Orlando Magic, which is where you spent uh, a lot of your career, um, I've never talked with anybody who has had a role in drafting uh, for, for, for professional sports team. Uh, explain what the NBA drafts are like and the stress to make the right pick and, and all of the uh, studying, uh, film, talking to players, interviewing players and things like that to inevitably make the right decision. Well, when you really look at every team in every sport, uh, if they draft well after scouting well and then develop well, teach well, uh, you're going to be successful. And uh, that's what happens in, in any situation. There's an enormous amount of pressure uh, about making that pick, but all you can do 
is do your homework thoroughly, scout well. You you then uh, interview players before you draft them so you can get some sense of who they are. And uh, you can never do enough background checks. Uh, you can never do a, enough video study. It, you just can't. Um, and then when you pick, make that pick, you, uh, you just pray it's the right one. Uh, a couple of years later, you'll find out uh, how successful that pick was. And, and there's nothing uh, more painful than to see a player you passed on uh, go on and develop a, a career as an all-star. Uh, there's a lot of risk involved in, in the draft, but you do your best and all you can do is the prep, thorough preparation and then you make your pick on draft day. And uh, then you hope that your uh, coaches and, and your uh, trainers and all can uh, get this kid ready to play in the league. And uh, there's a lot of risk involved. There's no question. Uh, well, I always love watching uh, the drafts for the NBA, NFL, MLB. Uh, it's all really cool to see all of these uh, college uh, or so, and sometimes high school athletes' uh, dreams come true. Uh, and and it, it tr I read that it's truly like, uh, they won the lottery because it, it is. They, they just cashed in on a, a big contract uh, by being drafted. Um, so you left Philadelphia in 86 uh, after you had uh, won a championship. Explain why you left and made the move to join uh, an investment group and in starting the Orlando Magic. I think the, uh, the greatest challenge uh, to an executive in sports is uh, starting up your own team. Uh, and and uh, trying to uh, convince the powers to be that a, an expansion team or a, a moving of a current team into your city is the right thing to do. And uh, there's no more, no bigger challenge than that. So I was ready uh, for a big challenge. I think I'd accomplished everything I could in Philadelphia. And uh, so this opportunity to come to Orlando, hook up with some business leaders, governmental leaders, uh, and try and rally the community and, and then try and go sell your, your town to the NBA brass. Uh, there's no challenge quite like that. And so I was ready for that kind of opportunity and we took it on uh, full speed and uh, we were successful. Uh, there was no guarantee when I left Philadelphia, no, uh, no promises that, that this was all gonna happen. But as I said, uh, I was ready for a, a new challenge, a big challenge, and uh, we took it on. And, and in uh, April of 1987, the NBA granted us that team. Uh, the Magic have now played 30 years in the NBA, hard to believe. Uh, but it all started with this dream that we had uh, about uh, turning Orlando uh, into a major league sports city. Uh, well, you were a huge part uh, in bringing uh, in the NBA uh, Orlando Magic team to Orlando uh, and you were a key part in taking that team from nothing in, in 1989 uh, the first year that the Magic played to the finals in 1995 uh, and you did so in drafting uh, Shaq and trading for Penny Hardaway uh, and you made it look easy how difficult was it? Well, uh, we were very fortunate with the draft lottery. Our first draft brought Nick Anderson here, uh, our two guard. And then the next year in 1990, uh, we drafted Dennis Scott uh, out of Georgia Tech. And that brought us our, our three man. 
And then in uh, 91, we took Brian Williams, who was going to be our power forward. That didn't work out. But in 92, we won the draft lottery. And that was the year, of course, that Shaq was coming out of LSU. And uh, we won that lottery. And it, it was, that, that was a year that the draft pick was very easy. There was no research to do. Uh, no background checks. Shaq was the guy. And, uh, and then the miracle took place the next year. We missed the playoffs in 92-93 by the fifth tiebreaker. And we had one ping pong ball then out of the whole mix of them there and darned if we didn't win it. <laughs> and that was the year that, uh, well, Chris Weber was coming out and Penny Hardaway. And uh, the, the night of the draft, we made a trade. Uh, we, and that's how we ended up with Penny and three future draft picks. And Penny Hardaway joined up with Shaq and Nick and Dennis Scott. Uh, we brought uh, Horace Grant here in free agency. And that was the team that went to the end, uh, 1995 finals. Uh, we lost to Houston, but uh, nevertheless, we got there with a very young team. And so uh, those ping pong balls have meant an awful lot to this franchise. We won the draft lottery three different times then came back and won it again in 1994. And that's the year that Dwight Howard was coming out. That's how we got him. So it's crazy to have ping pong balls determining uh, any success you have, but uh, that's life in the NBA. Well, did you know from the beginning, um, whenever you took on this big challenge uh, in Orlando, did you know that you could help build uh, the Magic's dynasty? Or was it just uh, a, a dream that you had and that you had to, to do everything that you could to make happen? Well, we, we knew one thing. We had to scout well, and we had to uh, draft well. And uh, because we had these high picks, you know, that's going to happen with an expansion team. You're going to be picking high. And uh, we, we started putting the framework together. As I mentioned, Nick Anderson came, and then Dennis Scott. And, and uh, then, of course, the, the, the lottery win with Shaq. Uh, so little by little, we patiently put the club together. We decided we were going to do it through the draft and uh, because we would be picking high. And that's how the nucleus came together for that, uh, that championship run that we had in the mid-90s. Uh, well, you are well known uh, for transforming sports marketing and promotions, uh, which is really interesting to me. Uh, how did you manage to always stay ahead of the game and bring new ideas to not only Orlando and basketball, but the sports world as a whole? Well, I believe that uh, it, it, it should be fun to come to a, a game, no matter whether it's a high school, college game, a pro game, uh, it should be fun. And I was greatly impacted uh, or very early in my baseball career by uh, Bill Veck, uh, the great baseball hall of fame uh, executive and the master promoter. And Bill had a huge influence on me. Uh, the whole approach should be uh, when people come out to your ballpark or, or, or facility to see a game, they should be coming knowing uh, that they're going to have a good time. They're going to have fun. They're going to be entertained. Hopefully see a good contest, a good ball game. But uh, above all, uh, when they leave to go home and fight the traffic, they've had fun. And so that's always been... Uh, what I've tried to do from my very early minor league days and then on into the NBA. And if we get this baseball franchise here in Orlando, we want to uh, present baseball exactly that way. And so uh, that that's what's fueled me. And it leads to creative thinking. 
uh, using your imagination. And uh, when you get create creativity rolling, that rubs off on other people. And the next thing you know, you've got all sorts of ideas uh, floating around. And, uh, and, and so people have creativity in their brains. It's just a matter of using it. And uh, that's what I've always tried to do is uh, uh, get a creative approach to uh, presenting uh, sports in minor league baseball and then on into the NBA. Uh, well, you, you graduated with a physical education degree. Uh, and back then, they didn't have all the sports-related degrees that they do today. Uh, I'm in school right now and going to get my sports management degree. What advice would you give myself or somebody uh, who's trying to get their foot in the door in the sports industry? Well, I think you're doing the right thing. I would also tell you to go right when you finish school, uh, go get your master's degree as well. You're going to need it. Uh, it's so competitive out there uh, to get jobs in sports uh, that having your master's degree is no longer um, enough. Uh, you, you need your, 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 your undergrad degree is not enough. You need a master's degree on top of that. Uh, I did that uh, immediately finishing college. I went to Indiana University and went to work on my master's immediately and ended up getting it. And so the, that, that's step one. Step two to anybody who wants to get into the sports business, I tell them you better be a student of sports. You better know what's going on in, in all of sports. Uh, you better uh, be very much aware. I read five newspapers every day and I uh, have magazines that come every month and I follow things very closely. Even at this point in my career, uh, it, it's so important to have a good grasp of the industry. The other thing I would say uh, is this, internships, internships, internships. Uh, people ask me all the time, well, how do I get into the, 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 the business? Well, it's a tough business to get into. Uh, therefore, if you can get an internship, grab it. Uh, you get to uh, learn uh, in, in, the, in the firing line, you get to meet people in the industry. And, and when that internship runs out, if you don't have a full-time job, go get another internship. Uh, it's all about relationships. It's all about uh, having people in your corner. It's about people who have seen you working un under fire and uh, have confidence in you. And then they can talk you up. They can recommend you. They can become your cheerleaders. Uh, that's what happened in my life. And uh, that's what uh, needs to happen in everybody's life. You need to have a whole uh, corridor of cheerleaders rooting for you and talking you up and recommending you uh, when jobs might uh, come up out there. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned already multiple times, you're helping now bring a major league baseball team to Orlando. Uh, and I think that is an awesome idea. Um, tell us a little bit about that idea and plan uh, that you're helping uh, to try to get that major league baseball team to, or to Orlando. Orlando right now is the 18th largest media market in the in the North America, uh, the largest media market that doesn't have a major league baseball or football team. And uh, we feel it's about time. So the question is, uh, how do you get a team? Uh, well, there are only two ways. You either move an existing team or uh, you um, try and get an expansion team. And baseball has said that they want to expand by two eventually. They want to add two more teams and get to 32. There are 30 now. <coughs> so, 
and we want to be in line. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> we want to be in line when that time comes. And so we're rallying the community. We've got a website, orlandodreamers.com. We're working hard at, put, at, at finding the right ownership. Uh, we found a marvelous piece of property, county owned, that we feel would be the perfect spot for a ballpark. And um, we're, we're in touch with people in baseball, letting them know that uh, we're up and running. Uh, now there are other cities that are interested. We know that Nashville uh, is in the hunt here. Uh, eventually, you know, Vegas will be there, uh, just bringing sports there left and right. It's amazing what's going on in Las Vegas. And so we, we want to be in line here to either move a team here or uh, get one of these expansion teams. And our job is to prove to Major League Baseball that Orlando is ready. Orlando would be a unique market and Orlando could be very successful as a baseball city. So we're right in the middle of that and it's an exciting time and uh, we, we're working at it every day. Absolutely. So, uh, well, you are an author who has written over a hundred books. Uh, where can uh, people listening check out those books that you've wrote uh, or buy those books that you've wrote? Well, I, I encourage people to go up to Amazon and check it out. Most of the books that I've written are listed up there, uh, including some that were written a while back and, and those that have been my most recent releases. Uh, there are two more books coming out this winter. Uh, both books are, are on leadership. And uh, so these writing opportunities have come my way and uh, it's certainly uh, something that I hadn't planned. I didn't see that coming many, many decades ago, but uh, it's happening. And uh, that's been another exciting part of my life. Uh, well, if there's any of our viewers out there that have not read one of your books, uh, is there a book that you would say is the first book that somebody uh, should check out or should read uh, or just, just look at all of them and see what interests them the most? Well, I'm, I'm under the opinion that uh, each book I write it, it should be getting better. So the two most recent books perhaps to check out, one is called Character Carved in Stone. And it's about uh, my experience at West Point um, and the 12 benches there and the words that are carved into each bench. And then the other book that came out most recently is a book about Walt Disney. And when you live in Orlando, uh, I encourage people, you've got to know about Walt. And, and this book is called uh, Lead Like Walt. And we look at Walt Disney uh, through the narrow focus of leadership and what made him a great leader and why that company is still so vibrant today. Uh, well, I think it all goes back to the way Walt Disney led. And so that's the second book that uh, I would encourage people to get. Character Carved in Stone and Lead Like Walt. Well, Mr. Williams, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today on the Luke Podcast. It was definitely my pleasure. Uh, and I was both excited and nervous for this interview today coming in. Uh, so thank you for taking your time to join me today. Landon, thanks for having me. And uh, you did beautifully. You did a good job and glad that we could check. Thank you for tuning in today to the Luke Podcast. A uh, great interview with Basketball Hall of Famer and Orlando Magic co-founder, Pat Williams. Uh, thankful that he took time out of his day to join me today on The Loop. Uh, check us out on social media, the underscore loop underscore pod. Uh, check out our sponsor, Southern Creek Clothing Company. 
Uh, and we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Loop.